Yes, this last week we celebrated the birth of our nation. And this morning, to start with, I'd like us to take a brief look at the history of another nation, the history of Israel. It all started, of course, with Abraham and his son Isaac and Isaac's 12 sons. Especially uh, Isaac, uh, while well, he loved Joseph. Remember Joseph, uh, the one with the coat of many colors? That was, he was, uh, Joseph was his favorite. Joseph's brothers, uh, at least all of them, except maybe his oldest brother, hated him. And so you remember the story. They sold him into slavery in Egypt. Some caravan was coming by, and, and away he went to Egypt. Well, some 20 years later, Joseph's brothers, his 11 brothers, his father, their families, all came to Egypt. Why? Do you remember? Because of a famine, right? That was back in their, their homeland. Well, a new pharaoh had taken over there, and uh, over the years, those uh, 12 sons uh, and their families multiplied to be a, a, a million people. And this new pharaoh became kind of concerned about that and, and was uh, sort of afraid of a takeover, perhaps. I don't know. They were, he was, they were a threat. So what did he do? He forced them into slave labor, remember? And finally, after some 430 years, God sent who? Moses, remember? Down to rescue those people, to deliver them from slavery. And that's when the great exodus took place. And you remember how the angel of death passed over the houses of those uh, Hebrew people, the Jewish people, when they, what did they paint on the door frames? Blood of the unblemished lamb, which is, of course, a foresight of, of things to come way down the road. So finally, they were free. Now, it seems to me that the Jewish Passover is a lot like uh, our Independence Day, the 4th of July. Because it was their Independence Day. Finally, they were free to go to their promised land. Finally. And God said of that Passover, He said, This is a day you're to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. And so they left. The, the sea parted, the Red Sea parted, remember? They went on through that, and they celebrated their freedom. How long did their celebration last? <laughs> Not very long, right? I mean, think about where they were. The wilderness uh, in the Sinai Peninsula, it's just, it is a wilderness. Rocks, very few trees, animals, where do you find food and water for a million people? I mean, it's, it's just so desolate. And we read in our Old Testament lesson this morning, in the desert, the whole community, what did they do? Grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and of course, ultimately against God himself. If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve. Well, we know, it says in, in, the, in this text here, that uh, God was testing them. He wanted to see how long they would celebrate 
when things weren't going so well? Well, they griped, they complained. And so what did God send them? All the manna that they, that they needed for breakfast every morning. Every morning. And all the meat, all the quail they needed every night. So in the morning, their menu was, quail, uh, was a manna. In the evening, their menu was quail. Day after day after day after day. Forty years later, they entered into the promised land. That land flowing with milk and honey. I suppose they put that on their quail and, and, and uh, manna. I don't know. Well, their complaining seemed to stop. But then what set in? Complacency. Complacency. They had it so good there in their promised land. I mean, they had freedom. They had peace. They had an abundance of food and water. They had jobs. They had a livelihood. They had luxuries compared to what they had had in their, their previous several years. They were blessed. Well, then, then came this 800 years or so of, of uh, judges and kings. Some were good. Some were evil. Some were, you know, followed God. Some rebelled against God. And so they went through this series of, of cycles in, their, in their, their, their next, well, those 800 years or so. Things went well. Well, then they, then they began to complain. They began to become uh, complacent. We don't need God. They don't, you know. And so things would soon go downhill again. They'd repent. They'd follow God for a while. And over and over that cycle was. So Israel. Where are we today? What cycle are we in? What cycle are we in? Are we following God? Or do we complain? Are we complacent? Do we rebel against God? Are we blessed as a nation? Do we acknowledge that our blessings come from God? Or do we gripe? And complain that we don't have enough blessings. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> what did I have, George? George, George pulled out the best uh, turtle ice cream pie. <laughs> That's what I had for breakfast—a piece of that. Hey, go stay with George. I tell you what. How many of you had manna? Eggs, bacon, ham, sausage, I don't know, waffles, pancakes, an omelet, orange juice, grapefruit juice, prune juice, apple juice, grape juice, cranberry juice. Any of you have toast for breakfast? A few, few hands. Wheat bread, white bread, whole grain bread, oat bread, rye bread, corn bread, buns, biscuits, flat bread, twisted bread, croissant, Muffins, pocket bread, hot cross buns, fresh French bread, Italian bread, Jewish rye bread, Johnny cake, matzo, pumpernickel bread, sourdough bread, monkey bread, nut bread, onion bread, pita bread. You see where I'm going? Choices, 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 choices. Cereal. I had cereal this morning. Whole milk, 2% milk, 1% milk, skim milk, soy milk. Choices in, in cereals. 
George only had five boxes of cereal, I think it was, on the table. Come on, George. I remember sometime, some, some years ago, Thanksgiving time, I, I went down to Safeway. I think it was Safeway. I went to the cereal uh, 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 row, and, and I remember five shelves, and they were long shelves. I don't remember what I counted. A couple hundred cereals. I mean, it's just hundreds of them. I don't know what you had for breakfast, but I'd venture to guess that some of us complained in spite of our choices. I don't know. God has blessed us so abundantly, and yet I gripe, I grumble, we complain. He's given us this great nation. He's just blessed us abundantly in this land that flows and flows and flows with milk and honey. I don't know how it is here in Tillamook. Do you have homeless people? Probably do. There are poor people. There are hungry people. I understand that. But by and large, we have just become so rich, so well-fed, so well-cared for, that I think we've become complacent. We don't need God. We just don't need Him. You know, I've worked hard in my life. I got an education. I spend 40, 60, 80 hours a week, you know, and gotten this and earned all this all by myself, right? Go like this. No. Who's provided? I mean, God is. A few minutes ago, we stated as we, as we faced the flag here with our hand on our hearts, and we said, we are one nation under God. Are we? Are we? Little history of our own country here. Did you know that back in 19, excuse me, in 1776, 52 of the 55 signers of the, of the, uh, of the uh, Declaration of Independence were deeply committed Christians. 52 of 55. The other three were Christians, but I guess not so deeply committed. Uh, did you know that immediately after they created the Declaration of Independence that Congress passed, a, uh, they voted to import 20,000 Bibles to be given to the American citizens. Did you know that Thomas Jefferson, uh, in his well-worn, the very front of his Bible, he wrote this. He says, I am a Christian. That is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus. I have little doubt that our whole country will soon be rallied to the unity of our Creator and, I hope, to the pure doctrine of Jesus also. The whole country. George Washington, the father of our nation, he said uh, in his farewell speech, September 1796, he said, it's impossible to govern the world without God and the Bible. Reason and experience both forbid us to expect that our national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Did you know that hundred and 100, the first 108 universities founded in America, uh, 106 of them were Christian. Harvard University, 
They, they were charted in 1636. They had as the, the first rule in their student handbook said this, students seeking entrance must know Latin and Greek so that they could study the scriptures, the Bible. 50% of them in the next 100 years, 50% of their graduates became pastors. Harvard, Harvard. Did you know that in 1782, the United States Congress voted this resolution? The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. 1782. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president about 90 years ago, he wrote this. He said, the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Our nation's foundation was based on what? Yeah, scripture, on the Bible, on the Bible. The foundation of our education system, the foundation of our judicial system was based on the Bible. And then guess what? Complaining, complacency set in. We don't need God. We don't want God. That's how it is. We're a rich nation. <clears throat> we can make it on our own. We don't need his rules. We don't need God's laws. We'll make up our own morality and ethics as we go along. Just 40 or so years after Calvin Coolidge, President Coolidge, stated that the foundation of our society and our, our nation, our government, rested on the Bible, the Supreme Court in 1962 banned what in our schools? Prayer. Prayer. 1962. Some of us remember that. We have white hair. I see some white hairs out there. Listen to the prayer that, that, that these kids had been praying that is now banned. Almighty God, we acknowledge our, Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on Thee. We beg Thy blessings upon us and our parents and our teachers and our country. Amen. A simple prayer banned. Why? Because people complained. Citizens complained. The next year, 1963, this, the Supreme Court outlawed Bible reading in our schools. This was their justification. Listen to this. If portions of the New Testament were read without explanation, they could and have been psychologically harmful to children. The Bible is harmful to kids? Come on. In 1980, a few parents complained. And so the Supreme Court uh, outlawed the display of the Ten Commandments in our schools. They said this, the Supreme Court said this, if the posted copies of the Ten Commandments were to have any effect at all, it would be to induce school children to read them. And if they read them, meditated upon them, and perhaps venerated and observed them, this is not a permissible objective. Now, we don't want our kids, you know, to follow the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. No, let them make up their own. Today, 
Today we ask God to bless America. How can God bless a nation? I, I, I don't know. That's departed so far from him. I hesitated in this message today. I complain. I complain about our government. I complain about the <clears throat> potholes. I complain about Gresham's building codes when I built my shop. <laughs> I complain about our schools. I complain about paying taxes. I complain about some of the leaders who are leading. I complain, and you probably do too, I don't know. And I become complacent about our our nation sometimes. I'm satisfied with where I am in life. I sometimes live and act like uh, I don't need God. I can make it on my own. I'm complacent. And maybe some of you are complacent too. I don't know. 